0: Welcome in to episode forty-eight of the Woo Pig Weekly Podcast in the Homefield Studio, your weekly source for all things Arkansas Razorbacks. Episode forty-eight is brought to you by Homefield. They're the home of premium vintage collegiate apparel, where you can use promo code Variety Sports in all caps to receive fifteen percent off your order on some fantastic new Razorback gear. They've got they've got it all: football, basketball, baseball. You know, you name it, they got it. Go check them out today. They're constantly constantly releasing new designs, in different apparel whether it be pullovers jackets t-shirts you name it they got it so go check them out today they got some pretty cool stuff and you can like we said you can use that promo code variety sports in all caps thanks to variety sports network and we'll just jump in here week seven Arkansas falls to Alabama 24 to 21 in a game that to me was definitely I think all season a roller coaster game didn't see the score being this close you know, the spread was 19 and a half, if I believe. So, you know, we came in, jumped out to a six 6-0 lead, thanks to some field goals from Cam little, but then offense disappeared for a quarter and a half in the second quarter and into the third. And then, you know, something just happened. We woke up, put it put some offensive drives together, scored two late touchdowns and got within three. So, I mean, I really thought we had a chance to pull it out. We did. You know, it's it just that offensive play calling kind of bit us again late in the game when we, we couldn't get anything established. Your quick thoughts here, Seth?
1: Yeah, overall, I thought it was a, a way, way closer game than anybody expected um, and kind of a way lower scoring game than I think anybody expected. I didn't expect us to just put up a ton of points necessarily, but I figured Alabama might put up a few more than they did, honestly. 21 was kind of where I figured we might land somewhere in that neck of the woods, so that was about right. But our defense really – I thought they had a great game, honestly, from start to finish. There was a couple busted coverages that really came back to bite us, but if you if you mitigate just two or three of those mistakes, this was a very, very winnable game for us. I mean, even was even with those mistakes. But anyways, to your point, you know, offense just kind of couldn't quite get enough – um, mustered up to, at the end of the game to to find a winning drive. They had opportunities, actually on two different drives, really. But, um, you know, that they, they were able to run the ball a little bit better in the second half than I think we've seen all year. So a few adjustments, a few improvements there. Um, KJ kind of put us on his back a little bit, had a couple of really, really solid highlight plays where he probably should have went down for sacks and, and was able to come out of those and get a completion to extend some drives. Um, I think one of the the key plays that actually hurt us down the stretch is DeBinion made a really, really nice cut uh, to kind of run a counter um, against the offensive line that was, that was shifting to the left, and he was going to follow them and made a cut and kind of went opposite side of that, and had a wide open lane to at least pick up probably 10 yards and get a first down. Unfortunately, Turf Monster got him slips and falls right there. And then I think KJ took a sack on the next play and we had to punt. And it was just like, man, that that play right there really felt like if we could have picked up one more first down there, we at least could have probably got into field goal range and, and tied the game late, but it just didn't happen. So there was, there was several different scenarios in this game that kind of came back to hurt us. But all in all, I thought we played a, a way better game than anybody expected. We never quit, um, especially at the beginning of the second half. Alabama looked like they were about to run away with it. They were running the ball all over us, gashing us for some big runs. Defense made a couple adjustments to kind of shut that back down, and then it it was a very close game the rest of the way. So, overall, I thought the the whole team played great start to finish. Could have had some some better results on offense, but I saw improvement, especially against a decent Alabama team, so that was cool to see.
0: Yeah, and you brought a good point that I think that people realizing compared to previous coaches when teams have struggled – in the past is that this team, they're they're still fighting the entire game. They're not giving up. They're not quitting. You know, you saw that in a lot of towards the end of the Bielema era that, you know, if the team got down late in the game, they kind of quit in a sense. And then, you know, Chad Morris, it was just another one of those situations where this team, I don't feel like was really bought in. And so I think with Pittman, this team, has the fight and they keep fighting till the end it's just the ball is not going their way the offense just isn't clicking like it should in a sense but yeah to your point the defensive adjustments we've been able to make has been fantastic Travis Williams and Marcus Woodson have done fantastic jobs with this defense so far this season and we'll just jump into some stats here where I think it's safe to say K.J. had one of his lower percentage completion games all year. But like you said, he kind of put us on his back. He had another one of those stellar plays where you think he's just going to get taken down for a sack and he somehow you know breaks out of all the tackles and is able to throw the ball downfield for a big completion to continue the drive going. You know, that just reminds me of that play he had against LSU a couple of years ago in Death Valley. Similar, very similar type of play. But for this game, he went 14 of 24, which is 58% completion rate, which is his lowest for the season. He threw for only 150 yards and two touchdowns, no interceptions in this game. So he's able to clean up that aspect of his game. 14 carries for 26 yards. You know, most of those not designed runs that he's having to break the pocket and just try to make something happen, which what well, you, you can't blame him for that this year. And, so not a terrible game from KJ, like we said, kept us in this game. He's fighting hard. I, I think he is a big component of this team not quitting because he he really wants to win. I think you can tell he wants to win. I think there's after one play, I think late in the game where you see him come off the field and he he kind of looks frustrated and wants to slam his helmet, but I think that this team, if we can get over that hump, especially potentially this weekend, and get a win under our belt, the, the the confidence for this team will start on a positive trend, where maybe we can finish the season on a strong point after this terrible road stretch that we've had. And so you jump over to our rushing stats. the The big news for this week was no Rocket Sanders came out that. After the game, Pittman said during practice this week, he he went in for more rehab on his knee, saying that he quite didn't feel 100%. So that left the two running backs to play this week, A.J. Green and Rashad DeBinion. You had A.J. Green with six carries for 44 yards, averaging 7.3 yards per carry, one reception for minus five yards. And then Rashad DeBinion, he kind of really had a great game in a sense of Really able to f- find holes that maybe there were for a split second. He had 14 carries for 26 yards, so 1.9 yards per carry, one reception for 14 yards and a receiving touchdown. So he had a big touchdown late in the game that pulled us within three points of Alabama. So not a bad game overall, still struggling to get things going in the run game, but that fourth quarter, I think we were able to maybe take a small step forward in this offensive line was pushing really hard. What are your thoughts there?
1: Yeah, I think the same thing. There was three quarters that looked terrible again, <laughs> kind of like the whole season has from a, a run blocking standpoint. <laughs> but I thought they, I, I, I'm i not sure if they uh, wore down Alabama's defensive front a little bit. Maybe Alabama's defense isn't quite as deep as they used to be. I think that is partially the case. Um, and so maybe we got a little bit of some tired defenders Kind of got them on their heels a little bit on a few plays late in the game for a couple of good runs. It um, wasn't nothing crazy, obviously, no no, no huge like explosive seventy yard touchdown runs or anything like that. But it seemed like we were able to run the ball enough for them to maybe respect that, just to touch more and give KJ just a half a second more time on some some play action passes and stuff. Um, and I think that kind of finally started to click a little bit there late in the game where we were able to score some touchdowns and and you do got to give the defense credit for giving us some good field position on a few of these possessions as well and that, that definitely didn't hurt um, so running the ball still not our strong suit I, I it's it sucks to say that because it feels like it should be with what the coaching wants and just what I personally want what I thought we were going to have this year but Definitely saw some strides towards the end of this game, where they were able to take advantage of some some matchup, uh, some mismatches, I guess you could say, on the uh, the defensive line for Alabama and kind of run at those guys as they were getting tired. But um, still going to have to see some improvement here, I think, towards the end of the year, and hopefully that'll that'll kind of be a little bit easier with some of the opponents you match up with to to kind of get things clicking.
0: Yeah, they're very true. And then, so you jump over to our receiving stats. Andrew Armstrong led the way with four receptions for forty-eight yards. You had Varquez Gums get a reception this game. He was that the recipient of that that play we were talking about earlier with KJ, kind of really breaking all those tackles and able to get that pass away. It was to Varquez Gums for a twenty-five yard gain. Isaac Tesla getting more involved in this game. Four receptions for twenty-five yards. Ty Washington one reception for 24 yards. And and the big one to me that I like to see, and hopefully this is maybe a sign that he's going to be more involved down the stretch, Isaiah Satania, two receptions for 19 yards and a touchdown. So he got a receiving touchdown in this game. Glad to see him getting in that receiver role and actually playing more offensively other than just special teams. So I'm hoping this is maybe a sign that Pittman is going to start using him more it was a great red zone play where you know he was coming across the middle and KJ finds him in stride and is able to get the touchdown so great game from that aspect of these receivers I feel like it's like we have said in week out I think KJ slowly the the relationship with these receivers has gotten there probably a lot faster with Andrew Armstrong compared to some of these other guys but you're starting to see it develop with the rest of these other guys and I, I think that's going to do well hopefully down the stretch. I think that all goes back to like we've said, it's you got to get the offensive line playing well first before you can even start thinking about making plays because I think if we had last year's offensive line you're seeing KJ throw the ball all all over the field compared to what what's actually happening.
1: Yeah, if you look these guys are open. You've got somebody open pretty much every play. It's just is, does KJ have enough time to find them? through his progression um that's that's kind of been the difficulty so far he's had to kind of break down and scramble and, and look at where his line's breaking down and, and try to account for guys that are you know free blitzing at him or something like that instead of keep his eyes downfield and and find that open guy so that's that's made life a little bit hard but e- even with that he's still finding guys all over the field I mean that's that's five different receivers with a couple of them having multiple catches each and then to your point, you know, I thought Satania really stepped up. That was a bullet that he caught for that touchdown. It was not some easy little pass and catch kind of scenario. I mean, that was a rocket that he had to catch, and he went up and got it kind of above his head a little bit, so really good hands there. Not every receiver makes that play every time, so it was kind of good to see that, and hopefully that lets the the coaches know that, you know, he's, he's got good hands. Honestly, I, I really think just from what I've seen throughout the year, I think one of the reasons he hasn't been on the field as much as maybe some of the other guys is ball security when he, after the catch, he's had a couple of fumbles on some punt returns. Luckily, I don't think he's lost any yet, but I think there's been two where he's kind of gotten rocked around and balls kind of squirted out. So that might be kind of one of the reasons why they've been a little bit hesitant to get him in there. Um, But the dude's got legit speed and he does have good hands. I mean, there's, there's no arguing that at all.
0: Yeah. And then we'll jump over to defense now where you've got to talk about they, they kept us in this game. They frankly has been the unit that's kept us in every one of these games this season that has it's been one score. And I think today or last week you saw it really hit the stat page with this one specific player we're about to talk about that throughout the this first half of the season, a lot of intangibles, a lot of doing things that aren't actually recorded stats. Well, this week he filled up that stat page and Landon Jackson, you know, we, we hopped him up all off season and it was just a matter of time until he really broke out in a sense. And I mean, he did it against Alabama. One of the, he, they're still Alabama. They're one of the top teams historically known for having a great offensive line. And it seemed like he was just whipping these guys all day. He came out, had 11 total tackles, seven of them solo, three and a half sacks and three and a half tackles for losses being those sacks, but he came out and just had a monster day. And you know, I think the commentators were spot on. They they said he made him some money today, and you know that's what he did. You, scouts see this. I mean, he's a great size defensive end, six seven, two eighty. That that's the great NFL size that you want to see. And then
1: he's fast too.
0: Yeah, so fast, and I, I think that's one thing that they talked about in the offseason was he was able he to maintain his speed that he has at that bigger size, which is incredible. And then the guy that we talk about every week, Jaheim Thomas, second second in tackles with 10, six solo, a half a sack, and a half tackle for loss. You had Antonio Greer, who filled in for Chris Paul, who didn't make the trip due to getting banged up a little bit the week prior. Greer had seven total tackles, two solo and you had hudson clark up there with five total tackles, tackles four solo a half a sack and a half tackle for loss so defense has been playing phenomenal like we mentioned at the beginning of the episode couple busted coverages you take those away you're essentially really taking away 14 points cuz those two busted coverages we had they scored touchdowns on so if yep. you know, you don't have those you're looking at a 21 to what 10 10 game <laughs>
1: Pretty much. Yeah.
0: I mean, not that it would have worked out that way, but if you think about it that way, that's, that's 14 less points they would have had. I mean, they might've figured out a way to score in other ways, but if you don't have those busting coverages and I know, I think both of those happened in the first half and you see what we did, we made adjustments in the second half. They didn't really break off any giant pass plays. So I I think we got some good gems in our defensive coordinators, and I I think they deserve all the accolades for what they've done with this defense and turned it around this season because they've kept us in all of these games, despite the intense lack of offense
1: to be said. Yeah, that's a pretty fair assessment. I mean, I don't don't really know how you can talk them up better. There's even Hudson Clark. I mean, that half a sack, I would almost count that as a full sack, great play, kind of a corner blitz type play where he was coming down. He wasn't necessarily lined up in that safety spot, but he was creeping in and was able to come through unblocked and, and uh, kind of, I mean, he laid the wood on a uh, Milro. So it was, it was, a really good play that for him. And he had a really good game. I thought, I mean, everybody always likes to, to say he's the one getting burned back down. Some of those busted coverages. I don't think either one of those busted coverages that resulted in touchdowns were actually Hudson Clark's assignment area in the zone, but, Anyway, they, you can you can sit there and argue one way or the other on that, but he is he's actually been a better player for us this year, and I think a lot of people give him credit for. And then obviously those other three guys you named had monstrous games, especially Landon Jackson. I mean, we we've talked about him all year long. He's been great all year. He just hadn't gotten in into the stats category like some of the other guys, some of these other guys have necessarily. But he's affecting literally every play. You see it, guys run away from him. They they try not to run towards him, you know, and design run plays and stuff. And then a lot of these pass dropbacks, he is absolutely impacting every single play, whether it's a sack or a QB hurry, whatever the case may be. He is he is a monster out there. So I definitely think he is a uh, you know to the announcer's credit earning some some NFL value, he's going to be playing on Sunday somewhere. I don't know where, but he he's definitely going to be there as long as he stays healthy. So it's been great to see, uh, especially to just the turnaround from last year. You know, we've, we've talked about it kind of week in and week out, how much better this defense is compared to last year's defense. I think the scheme change has helped. It it fits better in the SEC, especially with some of these quarterbacks that we've been able to get after and kind of affect where they're not able to just sit back there and slice and dice us. Um, so that, that's been a, a much-needed change. And I've been happy to see that so far this year. Um, And then really, you know, they went out and addressed so many needs from a secondary. And a lot of those changes have really helped out. You know, we're not perfect. Definitely got some growing pains uh, because some some of the communication is still not there. I think a lot of those busted coverages probably are a result that Chris Paul was not on field frankly, you know what I'm saying? So I, I, a couple of guys were out of position. They they were running, you know, two different coverage in the same flat, which was a little bit weird. So guys weren't, guys weren't handing off guys that had the way they should on some of those routes. And I think if Chris Paul's out there, you might not have those busted coverages like that. You haven't really seen a whole lot of busted coverages this year until the game Chris Paul's out on. So kind of something to think about. I don't, I'm not going to say that's exactly what happened, but it definitely was a seed in my mind that, you know, maybe that's some of the reasons there. But, All in all, great game from the defense. I can't praise them enough, honestly. They really, really did keep us in this game, especially in the second half. I mean, like I said, Alabama came out, was running the ball right down our throat. They were able to kind of bow up and force a field goal. And then I think that was the only points that Alabama scored in the second half, which is crazy. Yeah,
0: it's it's weird to think that we essentially were able to shut Alabama down to just a field goal in the second half. And that's, uh, I think, a uh, a great thing to say for this defense. You know, speaking of field goals, you got to talk about Arkansas's kicker Cam Money Little, who <laughs> went two for two on Saturday, and they weren't just simple chip shots. These were deep field goals, one for fifty five and one for forty nine. You know, he, he. It's like we were talking about before the show. I feel like you line this guy up anywhere, starting at the fifty going towards the end zone he's going to be for the most part automatic. I mean everybody's you're actually going to accuracy is going to drop no matter the distance. Like the, the further back you go, it's going to get harder to hit those field goals. But from what we've seen this season, he's pretty accurate. I, I, I we looked up the stats before the the show. He's 91 and percent accurate this season so far, missing one field goal all season,
1: and it wasn't even a long one.
0: It was one of those weird just doing kicks that I don't know it it just happens to everybody but I think Cam Little has been one of the most consistent pieces besides this defense to this team this year you know you can count on him run him out there at this point if with the way our offense has been I know you can't win games off field goals but if you're struggling and you get at least to inside the 50 and you can't get a first down run
1: Cam out there let him kick it yeah yep he, he, I think he's another guy that's uh, earning some NFL money while he's in college. He, he's oh, going to yeah. be playing somewhere on Sundays. I, I don't know if he'll get drafted. I mean, it's kind of hard for kickers to get drafted, but there's potential. If you if you look at the two things that he does really, really well, he kicks touchbacks, and that's a big thing in the NFL that you want your kickers to do. <laughs> and he's very consistent at field goals. That's another thing. So, I mean, I, there, you can see him going to one of the later rounds even, honestly. Yeah,
0: that's possibility. And then you jump over to penalties. Arkansas cleaned it up a little bit to only two penalties for 13 yards, which was a lot better. The only better game we had was that AM game where we had none. But like we said, that that game, the refs let them play a little bit. But, you know, in this game, two penalties for 13 yards, I'll take it. I'd like to still, still see zero, but to only have two the entire game, I'll take that as well.
1: Man, anything less than five, I think, is a win, honestly. I mean, uh, you're going to have them every now and then. You're going to have some miscues and – couple of false starts here and there, but that that was one thing that I was glad to see that even in a loud environment, especially kind of towards the end of this game, the crowd really got into it. We were still fairly poised and disciplined from offensive line standpoint. So that's an improvement. You got to note that down. I mean, we talk, I feel bad, you know, I feel like we, we talk kind of bad about our offensive line guys, but it's not like they're not out there competing hard. They really are. There's, there's some struggles that we're having. Sure. But those guys aren't quitting either. I mean, it's, they're out there competing hard and you can tell that they get frustrated when they let a sack happen, things of that nature. They're they're trying to correct these issues.
0: Yeah, that's very true. And speaking of Landon Jackson with that impressive performance that he had this weekend, he was named SEC co-defensive lineman of the week this week. So getting those accolades, you know, for what he's doing on the field, it shows. Even though you know he got stuck with a co, I feel like that's become just Arkansas tradition that if you if you're named something of the week, it's gonna be a co, no matter what it is. And so as we wrap up week seven here, other scores around the SEC: you have LSU beating Auburn forty-eight to eighteen, Tennessee beating A and M twenty to thirteen, another low-scoring affair. You have Florida beating South Carolina forty-one to thirty-nine, Georgia beating Vandy. 37 to 20 and Missouri beating Kentucky 38 to 21.
1: Biggest scare for me there is definitely that Missouri game. They've looked pretty solid all year long. Um they honestly I they probably should be undefeated right now. They probably shouldn't have lost that game to LSU. The, I think the refs kind of helped LSU just a touch there. LSU played a good game down there, but there was there were some questionable things at the end of that game. Uh, Missouri's a uh, knuckle hair away from being undefeated, which is Wild, um, but they look way weird. better than I, yeah, they look way better than I thought they were going to be this year. I knew they were going to be decent, they're always decent somehow. Um, but they're good, they're a very good team this year because Kentucky's not bad and Missouri thumped them,
0: yeah. And so, we'll take a quick break here and we'll be right back with some basketball news and cover soccer and several other things going on in Arkansas sports.
1: You know what I like? I like to be comfortable.
0: I also love representing my favorite sports teams and in the clutch I am able to have the best of both worlds In the clutch apparel is your one stop shop for all things sports they have officially licensed gear from all your favorite teams
1: and players from the NHL MLB NFL and more. they have sports classic tees from yesteryear and beyond check out their full website in the link down below when you enter the promo code variety sports you get 10% off everything site wide feel comfortable with your sports apparel and go over to their website now at endtheclutch.com and don't forget to use our code variety sports to get 10% off
0: we're back here and we're going to talk some Arkansas basketballs This week, Arkansas hosts its first exhibition game against UT Tyler on October 20th at 630. So be there, get your first look at this team. You'll probably get to see most everybody play in this game, just kind of feeling out how they're going to go in a game scenario against another team. But Arkansas is ranked number 14 in the preseason AP poll and number three in the SEC poll for conference standings but this is the first time that Arkansas has been ranked in the top 25 preseason poll for four consecutive seasons since 1993 to 96. So Mus is doing some special things here at Arkansas, getting these guys back back to back to back, sweet 16s, being preseason ranked, staying in the rankings for the most part every year, getting in the recruits, these top talented recruits and transfers, I think it's like we said before, it's not if, but when Musselman gets that right team that can take us to that championship game. And who knows this year's team looks pretty salty. You never can tell until they start actually getting on the court and playing, but we've got a nice early test with an exhibition game against Purdue coming up next week during Arkansas's bye week But some preseason accolades, Trevor, Trevor Brazil was named all sec first team preseason all sec first team and devo davis was named preseason all sec second team so a lot of things happening with this arkansas basketball program and i I, i'm just ready for friday to get here
1: yeah me too man um there's a lot of new faces out there i'm I'm curious to see you know how they start to click together got some returning guys that i think are already going to have some good chemistry between brazil and graham devo those guys um, and Mitchell also, you got to throw him in there too. He was a big piece for us last year. So it's going to be fun to see kind of how the, the rotation shakes out. It's going to be different from last year. I think you've got some different scoring players out there. I think we're going to be able to shoot the ball a little bit better from a top-to-bottom of a lineup standpoint, especially if Brazil stays healthy. That really adds a little bit of a three-point threat from your bigs. Um, but theres it's going to be, a, I think, a slightly different offense, but I, I would expect the defensive intensity to be, you know, kind of – the same M.O. from us. That's, that's what's got us where we've been these last few years. It's been the defense. The scoring comes, you know, a, a lot of times off of that defense, and that's kind of Muslim's way. So I would expect us to be a fast team a uh, very uh, defensively sound team. You know, we've got a lot of length at all positions, and that's that's really what you got to have to kind of clog up those passing lanes and guard around the rim. And so far, it's been a successful strategy from us. So I'm excited to see how everything clicks together and how these guys play together and kind of how they develop over the first half of the season. That's that's one thing. We'll talk about it more as, as it gets closer to time, but... Um, the last couple of years, you know, you don't really know exactly how that team's going to click until (laughs) kind of like halfway into the year, takes a couple of warm up games, maybe a couple of losses to kind of really get your bearings on uh, who needs to be where in the rotation and on those sorts of things. So it'll be a fun ride again, I'm sure. Um, Kind of there might be some frustrations along the way, like always, but I I expect this team to to make it to the tournament and have a deep run just like these last couple of years. Yeah, that's very true. So if you're going to be in town over
0: the weekend, get your tickets, get there, get your first look at this Arkansas basketball team for this season, it'll be a good time. And so we'll jump over to Arkansas swimming and diving where they're getting their season underway. You know, we they had their exhibition, not exhibition, but their first match against Kentucky a few weeks ago. Well, they went on the road for a road two-game, two-match roads stretch where they beat LSU 151-149 to on October 12th and followed that up the next day beating UALR 182-115 to so you know swing diving off to a 3-0 start couldn't ask for a better start than that so we'll see how they do throughout the rest of the stretch of the season and so now we'll bounce over to Arkansas soccer where
1: Seth will give you the latest update. Yeah so Arkansas soccer only had one match this past week against Florida on the 12th Um, where they've got the win three to nothing. So pretty good showing on on the defensive side of things. Uh, Unfortunately, kind of a slow start compared to normal. So it's nice to see that we were able to still come out and get the win because all three of our goals did come in the second half of this match where Sophia Aragon scored um, 117 into the second half. So fairly quickly into the second half, at least um, taking on four Gator defenders and the goalkeeper. She was able to kind of break free for a right footed shot Uh, 20 minutes later. Freshman Sabrina Jones scored her first collegiate goal with a header off a corner kick from Ava Tankersley. So that's an exciting thing to see one of the freshmen getting their first collegiate goal, definitely a a celebratory thing there. And then the final goal came from Tank herself off of a header from Avery Wren. And so this actually gets Arkansas extended in their home unbeaten streak to 29 matches. So almost at that 30 mark of home wins um, in a row. So that's, that's a cool mark to see. Hoping we can get to 30. That'd kind of be a cool, uh, little icing on the cake, as they say. Um, so another n- thing to note is the attendance for this match was 2,478 people, um, which is the sixth largest crowd in program history. Um, definitely saw some really cool pictures from that night. People sitting all over the berm, all, all over the place. So everybody kind of showed up and showed out again, kind of like they did in the Alabama match. So always a good thing to see that the support is continuing for this soccer team that's, that's really had a, a great year so far um, in conference play, especially. So, it's it's a fun thing to see they're they're currently ranked ninth in the latest poll, so bumped backed up into the top ten. Um, so, a lot of good things kind of coming this Arkansas soccer way.
0: Yeah, just as mentioning, you know, fantastic things going on. You know, they had that loss on the road against Auburn, but bounced back at home with a match against Florida. So, season is starting to wind up. They got just a handful of matches left before it's ter- SEC tournament time. They, you know, they go on the road this week, taking on LSU and Baton Rouge on this Thursday, October 19th at 6 p.m. And then they come back home against Ole Miss on Sunday at 2 p.m. And for a great game, Ellie Poggio named SEC Defensive Player of the Week. No co, just SEC Defensive Player of the Week this week for Colby Hale and these lady Razorbacks. So fantastic things going on here. And, you know, when you're talking about fantastic things with the women's sports, you can't forget about Arkansas Volleyball. And what they're doing, they're having a almost historic season, if you would, as they took on Ole Miss on October 13th, won that three matches to zero. Took on Alabama on October 15th, won three matches to one. And Arkansas is now 17-2 and with a 7-0 and SEC record and ranked 10th in the latest poll. They are currently undefeated in SEC play. And undefeated on the road you know those two losses coming to number one wisconsin whenever they came to town that's big for this this volleyball program it's pretty incredible what they've been able to do so far
1: yeah i don't really think you could ask for much better i mean the two losses to to wisconsin i (laughs) yeah you want to win those but you got to be realistic at the same time that's that's like you know taking on oklahoma and in college softball they're just they are a powerhouse type team. You know, you think of Alabama a couple of years ago in football, it's that it, you, you don't want to play them. You know what I mean? They're, they're that good. They're kind of in a different echelon than almost everybody else. So, outside of that, you know, it's been basically a perfect season, and that's really, really cool to see. And I know there's been a lot of support for this volleyball team. Um, Barn Hills had some great crowds. So, that, that only helps things, you know, from a, just a match enthusiasm standpoint. So, it's really cool to see um, – I'm excited to kind of see how we, we shake out through the, the tournament um in SEC tournament and all that. So, I think the sky is really the limit until you kind of get further down into national title time, and then it's going to get a little bit tougher. But there's there's some serious potential with this team, man.
0: Yeah. Couldn't have said it better. And, you know, you're talking about potential. You can't talk about potential without talking about Arkansas softball where Coach Difel, she she strikes again and does it again, received a commitment this past weekend from 2025 pitcher Sailor Timmerman. She's expected to be a top, another top 10 recruit. So that that makes the second one here in just this past month of two future top 10 recruits that have been committed to the university under Coach Difel. Fantastic things like we said last week. The the potential for this year's team is astronomical at this point, you know, with all the firepower they have. I think for teams to come in and beat us this year, it's going to take a lot of offensive games unless for some reason we just have a slump or something, which with as many hitters as we have this year, I just don't know if that's necessarily going to happen of everybody getting in a bad hitting spot at once, but you never know. But I think the expectations for this year's team is going to be through the roof.
1: Yeah, there's, there's no doubt about it, man. I... <laughs> They're going to be fun to watch. And then you, you look into 2025, they're going to be geared up for a, a banging team then, too, man. I, it's it's uh, it's kind of cool to see these players come in year in and year out. You know, you, you definitely know that Difle's doing something right, where you're not just loading up for one year and just kind of hoping you win it that year. You're giving yourself multiple opportunities year in and year out. And that's really what you want from your coaching perspective. So that's that's awesome to see. I think the sky's the limit for the team this year. Uh, we've, we've talked about it. Multiple different episodes, but they're going to be fun to watch. And to your point, i I don't think that we're going to have a a game where we go out there and don't have a at least some form of offensive explosion at some point in just about every game. You're going to have tough pitchers that you face, but man, there there is a lot of power top to bottom in that team. So you 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 got to be excited about that for sure.
0: Yeah, very true, and can't wait for it to get here. And so now we'll jump over to our preview of the week, this week's football game. So where Arkansas is taking on Mississippi State at home, finally back off this incredibly tough road stretch. October 21st is Saturday at 11 a.m., got the 11 a.m. game. I'm not surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if we had that time slot the rest of the <laughs> season with just how we've performed so far. It's just the truth, when it boils down to it, they want to get that viewership, and a 2-5 and five Arkansas team is not going to draw in all the viewers if you're outside of Arkansas. So this game starts out with Arkansas favored by 6. That's actually dropped from the beginning of the week where it was a little bit higher, and that's probably due to some injury news that we'll get to here in a little bit. But it has an over, and, over and under a 50, so not expected to be a super high-scoring game. Who knows, hopefully Arkansas comes back home and can kind of really tap into what they found at the end of last week's game and continue to progress. You know, Mississippi State averages 30.2 points per game and 375.5 total yards per game with 222 of that being passing, 152 rushing. They are, however, allowing 395 yards a game, 263 passing, 131 rushing. So that's going to be interesting to see if Arkansas can take advantage of a kind of weaker defense in a sense and see if we can put up some yards and kind of get some type of rhythm going
1: yeah that's that's exactly my thought man we, we've talked about it in some previous episodes and I think kind of off some episodes too just in in some offline chats but To me, this was the must-win game of the year for us, especially after we had lost to BYU, and we knew the road stretch was going to be tough, and we knew there was a possibility of not really winning any of those, or if you did win one, great, you know, but it wasn't really an expectation, just kind of the way the team felt. And I'd kind of look farther down into the season. I'm like, okay, that that home game, when when we come back home, hopefully everybody's at least somewhat healthy. You're not too banged up. You're going to be playing a Mississippi State team that's really, really had a bad year. I mean, work worse than us. They're really struggling. They haven't had a whole lot of success on offense or defense. They've lost quite a few games. I mean, they've, they've had their spurts. You, you can't definitely count them out or anything like that at all. Definitely can't overlook this game, but this is kind of a must win game where you're actually favored in a game. You, you should win. You need the win. To me, it just feels like a must win in a way um, for team morale, uh, obviously potential postseason. If you're going to get a bowl game, you, mm-hmm. You dang near got to win out from here. Um, I, t- to me, is, this one is a very crucial point in the season for the team, for coaches, um, <laughs> jobs, things of that nature. I mean, really, you got to think about it all. This, this, To me, and I don't know if, you know, athletic director or the, the boosters or anybody really feels the same way, but this one really does have a lot of impact in my mind. Just from a fan's perspective, like you got to win this game. This is a very winnable game especially with the way our defense come out and looked against Alabama. If you can come out and have half of that momentum against Mississippi State, you're going to put yourself in a great position. And I do think to your point that the offense is going to have a good bit more success in this game. I'm not going to say they're going to be good or great or anything of that nature, but I think you're at least going to be able to run the ball just a touch better than you have the last four weeks against some very stout teams. I can't help, but think that we're going to have a little bit better shot at, at being a more balanced offense in this game. And I really think that will actually bode well for us to to have a great shot at winning. And that's something we haven't said in a few weeks. So it's kind of a nice thing to be able to say that. And uh, I really hope that comes to fruition. The team needs it. The fans need it. The state needs it. I I don't really know how else to say it, but this is a must-win game.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I think Pittman knows that too. He came out in his press conference this week and said, we have to win this game. I mean, he knows that if you want to have a shot at a SEC win, this is probably one of your best shots if you look at throughout the rest of the season. And as we start breaking down players for this game, before we talk stats here, the starting quarterback, Will Rogers, and running back, Jaquavius Marks, for Mississippi State, are questionable for this week. They haven't been ruled out yet, but they both got banged up in their win two weeks ago versus Eastern Michigan, I believe, or Western Michigan—one of those two teams—they, you know, they had a non-conference matchup in the bye week last week. So these guys, they're still questionable to play. Zach Arnett at Mississippi State hadn't really said, you know, they—they're taking it easy on them to see if they'll be able to play. But as of right now, we're going to go with they're—they're they're, they're playing. So you're starting at quarterback, Will Rogers. You know who the guy is. You know he's the. You know, gunslinger of the SEC that hasn't put up crazy numbers this year due to kind of a scheming change in a sense from that um, spread, you know, high-flying offense that they ran last year under Coach Leach and to a a more kind of not as high-flying offense, kind of more of a balanced attack. And so, so far in the season, Will Rogers is 105 out of 171. Twelve hundred seventy-five yards for sixty-one point four completion percentage. Has ten touchdowns and four interceptions on the season, so putting up decent numbers, but nothing like he had a season ago. Set breaking records and everything. And then you look at starting running back Jaquavis Marks, eighty carries, four hundred fifty-eight yards for four touchdowns on the season. You know, another decent running back. We say this weekend, all these running backs throughout the SEC are. Decent running backs It's just kind of similar to Arkansas. They're down this year, having trouble. It's just been a weird year for the SEC overall. And then you look at their leading receiver, Lydia Trick Griffin. He's 5'10", 180. He has 29 receptions on the season for 474 yards for three touchdowns. Just got prepped this week, like Seth said. You know, come out bring that defensive intensity that we had against Alabama. And I think you set yourself up pretty well to hopefully get a win. You know, I'm going to prepare myself for a heartbreak. But if we win, fantastic. If not, I'll be ready. And so for Arkansas purposes, an injury update, Rocket will be out this Saturday, possibly the rest of the season. We don't know 100%. Coming from Sam Pittman, you know, like we mentioned in the episode earlier, earlier this episode didn't play last week wasn't feeling comfortable with that knee so we just at this point we want to hope he just can get a healthy recovery you know if that means he's out the rest of the season that would suck for Arkansas but hopefully that means he's getting himself healthy to come back and have a stellar year next year
1: so yeah I'll I'll pop in there real quick There's there's a lot of stuff swirling around on social media and whatnot about people kind of worried that he's sitting out because he's getting frustrated with the line, the the games that he hasn't been able to play. Plus, he's not fully healthy and can't cut quite like he used to could. You can kind of tell his kind of jump cuts and stuff aren't quite there. Um, So, everybody's hoping and praying that he gets to come back this year. If he doesn't, I think as a fan base, we all need to kind of understand that, that he's probably doing what's best for him from a, you know, draft stock potential. you got to look at everything there, um, whether he comes back next year or not. I think the thing that everybody's scared about is kind of a Jalen Catalan situation is feet, you know, kind of sits out trying to get healthy and then transfers out to try to find a better offensive line somewhere next year. I'm hoping we can make some adjustments in the off season, you know, kind of do what we did on the defense, maybe get some big transfers to come in. I mean, I, I really think that's going to be your one area that you really target the most in the transfer portal this upcoming off season. And I'm hoping that you can keep a couple of these guys that you you, you do got to think about that. You got to think about the transfer portal and, and kind of what it does and how it gives these guys opportunities to go elsewhere if they want to. And you, you can't blame them for it. And you can't hate them for it. They're just trying to do what they they have to do to to build a career, if that makes sense. So wish nothing but the best for Rocket and hoping the fan base can can understand whatever situation happens, be supportive.
0: Yeah. A couple of other notes is Coach Pittman expects Jalen Braxton and Chris Paul possibly back this week. You know, that'd be fantastic for this defense to get those guys back. No no really news on Dwight McLeather. You know, he didn't see really see him last week. I think they said he might have suited up, but didn't really play. I, I've heard he didn't travel last week. I didn't really hear his name called much. So don't know if he's still trying to progress from that, you know, concussion injury or if it's something else. But hopefully he's back. You know, hopefully we can get this defense back full force, especially get through this week. We got bye week next week, get healthy for that trip to Florida. That'll be a big game. It's always a crazy environment in the swamp. It's just going to be what it is. But for this game, I think, you know, we just talked about it, expectations we need for this game. Like I just mentioned, defense needs to come out with that intensity they had last week. You know, let Landon Jackson pick up where he left off, Have another three-and-a-half, four-sack day against uh whether it be Will Rogers or their backup, Mike Wright. He's more of a runner, but it'll be interesting to see what we do and then find some semblance of an offense that can get some consistency. If we can just put up a few points and let the defense do the rest, we've got to help them out. If, if offense can come out, you know, KJ really steps up in, in this offensive line in a sense continues to maybe progress like we, we saw good flashes last week. If they can kind of just harness that and really get very consistent with that, I, I think that can line up for some success here.
1: Yeah, no doubt about it. Um that, that is one thing we you know we kind of brushed over a little bit against Alabama is we weren't full force on defense, we were missing guys missing key guys. Realistically, we talked about Chris Paul being out, but didn't talk about Jalen Braxton and he'd kind of taken over that spot for uh, uh, Jaheim Singletary, Um, which Singletary played a pretty good game. But I think you got to think about that as well with McLaughlin being out, some of those key guys kind of on the back end that could have contributed to those busted coverages as well. So if you can get those guys back or at least a couple of them, maybe you shore that up a little bit because pretty much every other facet of the defense looked phenomenal against Alabama you have those guys come back and shore things up against Mississippi State. I think we're going to be able to make their life really, really difficult, um, even though they want to throw the ball a little bit, kind of spread it around. Some of Will Rogers, obviously, like you said, they're a little bit more balanced. I think we come in with a really good approach to be able to stop their offense. Um, so if, if we can come out there, get some, some good key stops, maybe force a turnover or two, and like you said, the offense – Maybe, you know, maybe kind of found a little bit of spark there at the end of the Alabama game on running the ball. Things looked like they were clicking just a touch, you know, just enough to give you some hope, which I'm hoping our, our dreams don't get dashed, you know what I mean? But uh, if, if there's just a, a touch of what they had in the Alabama game against Mississippi State, we got a real shot at winning this one, man. And it'd be a great feeling to get back in the win column at home. Um, I'm nervous that the crowd's not going to be there quite like they have been just with some of the losses that we've taken. But all right, if anything – Arkansas fans are they are loyal and uh, sometimes it's maybe loyal to a fault and we get frustrated about it too much so we're so loyal and want so much and wish so much and, and things of that nature but everybody show up um, this is going to be a fun game it's early kickoff but you can still have a great time out there so it should be a good game I'm really hoping we can get in the win column on this one
0: yeah it- it's one of those things that this team has the heart. It keeps fighting. Yeah, I think that's something that you, you've got to reward this team by showing up, that they keep trying to fight, even though it's not resulting in W's in that win column. But I, I think at some point it's got to come together, and we we just need to be there to support these kids and just, just be there as loyal fans and show that we, we understand they're working hard on this and that hopefully – This Saturday, we can show up and get to witness a W. So get ready for that. That's our take on this week's preview. And show up if you can. If you can't, find somebody to fill those seats for you. So, And as we wrap up here, we'll go over some upcoming events where Arkansas soccer is going on the road to take on LSU October 19th at 6 p.m. Arkansas men's basketball has that exhibition game against UT Tyler on October 20th at 6.30 Arkansas Volleyball at Tennessee, October 20th at 5.30, looking to continue that undefeated SEC stretch here. Arkansas Football, like we mentioned, just previewed, taking on Mississippi State October 21st with the 11 a.m. kickoff. Arkansas Volleyball continues their road stretch at Kentucky on October 22nd at 12 p.m. And to wrap things up here, Arkansas soccer it will be back at home taking on Ole Miss on October 22nd at 2 p.m., so a lot of the great things going on. Get to these events if you can. If not, tune in, watch, you know, give your support out there however you can. And don't forget to like and subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and check out our YouTube channel. Everything goes to YouTube and Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You know, shout out to David over at Hoops Outbound. If you didn't see last week's episode, we've got a new fire intro that he he was able to whip up for us. So go check that out, and thank you for listening to today's episode of Wu Pick Weekly. And we'll catch you right back here next week.